The recession hits an already hollowed out middle class. This is a headline on an article by Christian Weller on Forbes.com in which he points out that middle class families have yet to recover from the last recession a little over 10 years ago. For example, he cites, broken down by income quintiles, average inflation adjusted wealth was still lower at the end of 2019 than it was in December 2007, right before the last Great Recession started for the bottom 60% of the income distribution. Welcome to episode six of The Good Samaritan. We're going to talk about the origins of the podcast and how we got started. Enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode six, Origins. Glad to have you all here with me today at the Good Samaritan Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Jackson. I really want to kick off this episode uh, to give you all a chance to know more about me, uh, know more about my history, you know, why I'm doing this podcast. I'm very passionate about uh, this topic, which is mostly just how do we help build wealth uh, for the middle class and to improve ourselves and improve our families financially and to get our get more of a fair share of the pie of wealth in America. And how do we best go about doing that? The article is very relevant uh, to the topic or for today's topic, because Christian Weller pretty much cites that prior to 2007, the middle class is pretty much the majority of the middle class is pretty much in the same position it was before the last great before the last recession and in the last if you could call it almost 12 13 years of growth uh since the the bottom of 2007 2008 all that wealth that got generated and created uh, is missing large portions of the po- of the population uh and why is that so i wanted to uh, use today's episode to talk about my origin story and why I'm so passionate about addressing uh, that issue because it, and more so focused on our abilities to change that, you know, from our day to day, how we use our money uh, opposed to looking from the, the broader scheme of things and how the system works, uh, but more so how you can fight back and reclaim your share uh, of the of the economy, of the wealth distribution uh, in our country because the opportunity uh, is there, but I will save the. Uh, that's another great topic. I actually, would love to cover. Uh, but today will just be more about uh, you guys getting to understand who I am, uh, why I'm doing this, and kind of an origin story uh, of why I talk about the things I talk about. So the first lesson I want you to learn from this origin story is be the change you want to see in your financial situation, uh, but also from your family overturn and get past some of the things that have you know held you back or that you've learned uh, from your parents, not that they intentionally tried to teach you wrong or any of us wrong, uh, but learn from their mistakes and be the change that you want to see uh, from, from a financial perspective uh, to help get your family in the, in the wealth atmosphere that you like them to be in. Uh, so I, I start with that because I grew up middle class uh, mid to lower in middle class, I think uh, another big, big lesson that I would like to pass on uh, that I've already done with my own kids. Uh, and I don't know if this is a black family uh, type of thing because it's something I notice on my my wife's side as well. Uh, but the discussion of money 
the discussion of our, your financial standing, um, how to budget money, how to plan for money, how to understand money is almost taboo to even talk about, <laughs> uh, in, at least in my family. And it, as I've noticed in, in my wife's family, hopefully they're not listening to this, but um, there have been, you know, there I can I can. I can't even count on one hand how many times I've had a teaching or a serious discussion with my dad or my late mother when she was still around just about money um, and how to plan money. The biggest thing I did learn from my dad was to save. Um, but out past that, there was no there was no guidance on how to, to how to kind of go through this life. Um stable um as you know as i grew up i'm i'm pretty sure we lived paycheck to paycheck um but things about my experience and a lot of you know black families talking about money like i said before was just taboo so you know even now as an adult you know my father is still uncomfortable about having the discussions i almost have to you know push him into it um you know, a lot of things I didn't discover about my mom's financial situation was literally until after she passed. Uh, so that it's a that's another another big lesson. Um, it really falls under the one I mentioned, like be the change that you want to see, because it, it doesn't have to it didn't have to be that way. Um, even now, I would say. You know, elders are they're not very, you know, they haven't been very comfortable with letting you know, like where their net worth is, how to build net worth. Like they just leave us to our own devices, uh, which is unfortunate because they have a lot of knowledge and things that they could teach that they just don't because they I think that they feel so taboo talking about money and how much you own and how much you have with your own kids. Uh, and that's something I would highly suggest um, to not do um, because it you only set your kids up for failure because they don't know what they don't know. So why let them go out in the world and, you know, make make mistakes that could have been prevented uh, had you just, you know, sat down and, you know, discussed, you know, how to build a, a strong foundation for your, your financial future and livelihood, which I know there are plenty of families out there doing that and I would I would be willing to bet and I have no data to base this on but that upper class families are very good at this um, at least a good portion of them not all of them there are middle class families who are, are very good at this as well is why they can their kids can make it to the upper class and make it to the next step uh, but for the majority of the numbers just like from the article I cited before you can tell that this isn't being done because I think there are generations of people who are making the same mistakes over uh, and over again. So take control and be the change uh, that you want to see. So kind of back to how I, you know, how I how I grew up. Uh, we, as I mentioned, we were we were middle class. I, I like to think I can't really say because I don't know, to be honest with you, only. Like as most kids, you kind of just notice the difference of things you have around you, but nothing in any really in good detail. So uh, we did move around a lot. I could tell it was a, a cash flow uh, kind of lifestyle when things were good. Things were great. Things were comfortable. Money was getting spent 
purchasing things from a kid's perspective, you think you always stay in the same place. Um, the other, you know, the other big thing I learned is you could go, you can make two steps forward, and then one day you could be four steps back. So we've, we've, we owned large homes when I was growing up. We also rented homes when I was growing up. We also lived in apartments when I was growing up. Uh, and from my perspective, I couldn't, you know, I didn't really understand, you know, why things were changing. I had a, you know, idea that. You know, obviously you need money for these things, but we had, you know, we might have had it before, but why don't we have it now? But then we have it again. Uh, so that, I think that kind of sp- first sprung my first idea of I want to progress, you know, uh, financially uh, in my journey, in my in my, you know, for for, for freedom. But I never wanted to, you know, take steps back and I ended up still doing some, but mostly because you know I made some of those mistakes uh, early on after I graduated school that could have been you know avoided um, had I known better or educated myself better uh, at the time um, but I could you know I would always say it's also very good to you know don't don't let your kids go do dumb things that you did uh, when you got older uh, you can, you know, help them help them be better. Now, if they make their own decisions to go wrong, at least you did your part. Um, but I, I would definitely say I was uh, open to listening um, because I've always had that goal because of just the way uh, that I grew up. Uh, so it was a very unique experience uh, growing up. Uh, as I mentioned, we we, we probably like I said, we went on the spectrum of, you know, how we lived. Uh, from one end to the other, uh, there might have been some days where we were scrapping up change to uh, pay for lunch at school. And then there were other days where, you know, we were going on vacations to the beach or we went to Jamaica uh, the one time when I was younger. And I always just, you know, I didn't I didn't like the uh, inflexible the uh, I didn't like the way that I felt like you never knew what was going to happen because I could just tell my parents weren't as. Uh, financially savvy about about money um, and they you know they weren't always open to to sharing with the with the rest of us so because of this lifestyle it really impacted me in a way that I think probably made me into a saver uh, my dad always had a saying uh, growing up or still has a saving you can't spend money you haven't earned yet <laughs> And he's like, don't don't make plans for money you haven't earned, like you haven't made yet. So I know, you know, out in life, we think about our paychecks and, you know, you know how much you make every Friday. And I'm sure all of us have been in the position where we're always thinking about the next check and what we're going to do with that money or have even planned and committed to uh, financial commitments with money that has not come in yet. Um, a good way to describe this exact thing and my you know my dad um, <clears throat> didn't grow up middle class uh, neither of my parents did they they worked their way they worked their way out of uh, the situations that they they lived in and grew up in uh, and very proud of what they were able to pass on for their children as it will be as it is my turn to do uh, for my for my kids and their grandkids but they, you know, he 
the the he was describing which he might not have you know directly connected he's describing it you know credit as we've talked about on this podcast you know what credit does i mean you're essentially promising to pay or use your future income to pay someone for something you're getting today and for my dad he would say well you well he would say son like you can't don't plan for money you don't have yet uh and I think that's why I'm a little averse to credit <laughs> to credit because uh, he was right. I, I paid for things in cash uh, growing up. Uh, my dad would give me allowance or my parents would give me allowance uh, for doing work around the house. Like I just I just save it. Um, that would eventually turn into investing uh, as well. Uh, but initially, you know, I was just a saver. I liked I liked the stability of having money to pay for things that are needed or wanted. I never had, I, I didn't like having the uh, anxiety of not knowing where tomorrow was going to go. And as I mentioned before, I think that was implanted because of kind of, you know, how our, our family life was, uh, because I do think we were, and again, I don't know for sure because my parents even still to this day, um, we were living cash flow to cash flow. So as I mentioned before, if the cash flow was good, things were great. If the cash flow wasn't, you know, life life changed and it got adjusted. And that's why I'm such in a big favor of creating a stable opportunity or a stable financial uh, foundation for our family so we don't have to live through that anxiety of not knowing what tomorrow can bring if something were to change. Uh, so I have become a, a big proponent of, you know, having a six months of savings uh, because it removes the anxiety. Uh, but it also, you know, it also takes some some willpower uh, to put money in the bank, that amount of money, once you know what your expenses are and not go spend it. And as I've talked about before, it's just a it's a mind shift. The second big lesson I would offer that I, you know, kind of brought me on to this podcast, that why I created this podcast to, to bring to you all, at least what I've gained. Learn from others what you don't have the opportunity to learn inside your, your own life and listen to the experts of people who've done it before. Uh, so I, I, learned, I learned that big lesson because growing up uh, by the nature of my dad's profession, I had the opportunity to be around a, you know, from afar, not not intimately, but be around, you know, very wealthy people um, and to see their lifestyle, things that I would have never imagined. You know, growing up, what you deem as normal is anything that you have in your life, uh, no matter where you are on the spectrum. If you're wealthy and you have maids at your house, like as a kid, you think that's normal. Like everyone has maids at their house. And the same thing if you're poor, like if you're, when you're, when you're poor and if you're what we would call like eating a fried a bologna is a, it was a delicacy. That's something I could never get used to, but my dad would definitely still make it growing up. Um, you know, those things are normal. You you see everyone else around you as normal. And it, as you as you start to mature, you start to notice and see things around you. And one of those things that I saw around were, were these wealthy people. And 
I just wanted to understand how they got to that that station in life. And that's where that thirst of knowledge was nurtured and really wanted to learn from the experts. And then the thing you find out about very wealthy people is that, they, you know, they all have their uh, own ways that they've accumulated that wealth, whether it was passed down and maybe, you know, someone in their family had already worked and, you know, three generations ago, two generations ago had already facilitated the very lifestyle they have now. You met people who were middle class, uh, who had built, you know, to where they are now, a generation from uh, from a generation ago. And you had poor people as well who, you know, had capitalized on the opportunities they had and built uh, to the way that they got. And I, from afar, that's where I kind of learned where I just wanted to, and this is very um, rudimentary, I guess is the word I'm looking for, a very simple way of looking at it. Like as a kid, I was like, well, I just wanted to own things. Uh, that will that would eventually to me learning about real estate and actually, you know, purchasing homes and learning how that part of the business works. But as a kid or when I, you know, as a as a kid, I always wanted to own things. I didn't know why. I just know that's what wealthy people did. Now, those I would learn that those quote unquote things you needed to earn to to own were called assets. No, I didn't know that was the case. But you kind of you just have a feeling like, okay, so how do I how do I make this happen? How do I own things? Um, it's kind of where it started, and that was just all because of the the lifestyle um, I grew up in as a kid because of the access uh, that my that my dad had. So you just kind of look around it opened up my eyes on what could be achieved. And then, as I mentioned, the big lesson on this, the second point is really having a thirst for knowledge and learning from the experts and and finally really opening your mind Um, because it does take a step for you to open your mind past what what you know. And when you open your mind past what you know, what you're talking about is getting outside of your comfort zone which is something people are not always inclined to do, which is why there's not this even distribution of people who are willing to take risks and to build wealth, particularly in this you know, scenario as we talk about financial freedom, uh, but any parts of their life. Stepping out of your comfort zone generally means going into an unknown and if you never get outside of your, you know, what you know as normal, it's very hard for you to grow in any part of your life. And that also includes your financial station and your financial situation, uh, because I would be willing to bet we probably have a lot of the same tendencies our parents have. I have an episode, um, a previous episode where I mentioned, like, it's not about what your your mom says you need to do is your. You know, as much as you can, as much as you love your parents and you can you can take guidance from your parents, um, being a millionaire is not something that's happened um, in my family. But I can tell you because I don't really know because I haven't because of the whole taboo thing I mentioned before. But um, if you want to be a millionaire, then the first place to start is to learn from other millionaires uh, how to accomplish it. And listen to their advice and listen to their uh, their strategies and how to how to achieve it. And if no one around you is a millionaire, how else can you get that information? And the beauty of 
the days and times that we live in, it's the internet. Like now you can find that information. There's so many uh, financial gurus and uh, millionaires who were willing to give their, you know, their advice. Um, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, their CEO, their famous CEO, as you all know, <laughs> Warren Buffett has books you can go by. I, I've mentioned, I've talked about uh, Mr. Dalio on the show before. There's so much information out there for you to consume and learn. Just have to take the time to do it. And if you do that, you'll find the opportunities uh, that exist. So just the second biggest, you know, lesson that I learned is, you know, really open your mind, be a sponge, be willing to to learn uh, from other people. Uh, who are experts at what you're trying to achieve, even though that might be outside of your comfort zone. So for me, that first uh, moment, so I kind of mentioned as a kid, I just wanted to own things, right? I went to college, I played sports, I got my degree, but when I graduated and I started to actually manage money, so now you're like, okay, you know, I have a, a, uh, a newborn son, um, with my beautiful wife and now it's like okay I'm in the game now like okay I need to I need to be more productive I need to make income so that's a that's a check and then it's managing you know finding your shelter and a, a, a place to live and food on the table and you get all those you know those necessities checked and then you know one day I was just like all right so all right Jason like we wanted to own things right those those wealthy people we remember uh, being around growing up, like what are we doing day to day to get there? And that's where that thirst of knowledge comes in. The first real book I read on, which is probably a lot of people's first book, is uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I've heard a lot of podcasts where people talk about that, but it, I mean, it it opened my mind on what I even needed to start thinking about and considering about money because before that time as a young you know a young man out of college just earning money and buying things that we needed I need it took a you know I would say it took me a few years to go through a mind shift on how to you know really focus on building wealth with the income that we generated Uh, because we I would say there's this middle class mindset that I think we both learned from both our parents, my wife and I, is you buy what you needed. If you had the cash, you just did it. So um, if you need, if, you know, if it was going to be comfortable to have four or five bedrooms in a home, it didn't matter what you, it cost if you could just afford it, if that makes sense. And I want you to think past just what you can afford, but really how much money can you free up to invest? Because those two things are very different. Initially, you know, cash, learning how to buy a car. Oh, this is a great example. You know, my mother-in-law actually made, you know, it's really made me feel bad for wanting to buy a car that had quote unquote too many miles on it. But at the time, like I couldn't, I really, we probably couldn't really afford $700 a month worth of car payments between two cars uh, right out of college. But you know, we had to get a car, we had to finance it. But like the concept that I understand now, like buying a cash car was not a concept to me. Uh, The middle class almost thinks, I think looks down at buying a cash car. And I'll tell you right now, 
we are going to buy a cash car at the end of, <laughs> at the end of this year because it's just a better financial move. But I would tell you as a young man, based on the you know advice that I was given, it was frowned upon almost to do that. But I didn't, you know, I didn't understand why. And that's why I come back to that thirst for knowledge. And maybe my in-laws are millionaires, well, they, they might be, they're big savers. But I think we're, we're trying to take our whole, you know, family. When I say family, not just me and my wife and our, and our you know, direct children, but really taking the next step uh, to where we want to be from our family lineage in our in our generation. And that actually leads me to my next my next big lesson and <laughs> which is what really inspired me to really develop my own wealth knowledge of wealth and to really start this podcast is I want to spread it as much to other people as I can is be be the person you know take take pride in living your life in a way that puts your kids in a better position and I think that's what most parents want to do but really think about it tangibly and I I actually take this from from my parents like my parents uh grew up poor um my mom was very smart she was a nurse she made a very good living um, but the sacrifices that they made and the work that they put in day to day to put myself uh, and my siblings in the positions that they are in are very much appreciated. And I, there's the, the only way I can see uh, to pay them back is to pay it forward. Um which does create new problems. Well, we'll discuss that in another another episode. But really think about what you're committing your life to. And every dollar that you make will impact not only just you, but your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids' kids. <laughs> um, and really understanding that and taking that as a duty. You know, it's my duty to... To carry that torch forward uh, for us because I saw, you know, both of my parents worked uh, when I was growing up. Um, they didn't have the the traditional, you know, stay at home parent, which is nothing wrong with that. Um, but both my parents worked growing up. They worked very hard. They worked a lot of long hours um, to provide a better life for us. And guess what? They were successful at it. Uh, we we have made it to places now between my siblings and I that, you know, I don't our parents didn't make it to. And it wasn't the lack of income. Um, it was the lack of knowledge on what to do with those those funds, because, you know, for them, they had never been there before. You know, they they. They had grown up poor, so having that money. Having money doesn't necessarily make you an expert on what to do with that money, as I think people learn in the middle class and what can potentially separate you from being in the upper class because we make the bad decisions with, you know, we make bad decisions with the income that we do have, that we have generated 
because we have these uh, preconceived notions of what it means to act, you know, to actually have cash flow and money to live a, a certain kind of lifestyle. Um, so, like I said, that third big that third big lesson is just taking on that duty to um, be someone in your family or your you and your more so you and your spouse to plan it in a way that you want it to take to take us to the next level. Uh, so for my kids, you know, I, actually, there's a, a great example of this is you think you think about someone like um, Bill Gates, Bill Gates, uh, famously a billionaire, created Microsoft in a garage. Uh, but he grew up upper middle class. Uh, his father was an attorney at a very successful firm, started his own firm, or I believe is a partner in his own firm as well. And that success begets more success. Now, obviously, uh, coordinated with some some great parenting uh, by Mr. and Mrs. Gates of the of uh, the younger Bill Gates uh, Jr. The opportunities that he had growing up, you know, he had the opportunity to capitalize on what his parents provided him. Um, and that's what I want you to think about doing. Like it, it's, it's not so much focusing on the one person who completely changed the landscape of one's family from a financial perspective, but more so what your role in it is across generations. Uh, and for my parents and probably my wife's parents, They've done a lifetime of work to give us the opportunity to make more money and, you know, really increase our productivity in this society. And it's our duty. And I view it as my duty or our duty to extend that further and to capitalize that further and to make those opportunities for our kids that much bigger so that they can do much bigger things in the future as well. And that's that's the third big lesson is like, think about your duty like you're it's not just about you getting to millionaire status or living the life that you want to live, but also what you can create for your kids and how their lives play out once they become productive. Or maybe, you know, just what you create can turn into Facebook or Microsoft. And that's how you should. You should think about it and to give it's really just to give your generations from down from you the opportunity uh, to do something big. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I definitely am going to have more. This is definitely, I would say, a part one because there's so many other things I like to get into uh, from my own personal experiences. Uh, but to summarize and recap, really be the change you want to see in your family. Uh, specifically from a financial perspective and what you can do with your money to make them more prosperous in the future and learn from the experts uh, have a thirst for knowledge uh, if you don't know something you aren't around someone who knows something find out who who's the expert that you want to learn more about real estate or stocks or bonds or opening your own business uh, educate yourself and finally my, big le my last big lesson, at least for today's episode, was really just think about your duty uh, to prior generations. Think about how 
hard your parents grinded and if it wasn't your parents it was your grandparents now think about the shoulders that you stand upon uh, from generations prior to you to to put you where you are and look at it as a duty to allow your kids to achieve more in the future and future generations to achieve more hope you enjoyed today's episode and as always no matter where you are in your financial journey always take the time to be a good samaritan